Welcome to the Books of Titans podcast, where I seek truth in the world's best books. I'm your host, Eric Rostad, coming to you from the beautiful Books of Titans studio in Franklin, Tennessee. My goal is to read 52 books per year and share what I'm learning. I'll talk a bit about each book, tie ideas together from a variety of genres, and share the one thing I always hope to remember from each book. Today, I'm going to cover two different books. The first is Lost in Thought, The Hidden Pleasures of an Intellectual Life by Zena Hitz. And the second book is The Second Mountain, The Quest for a Moral Life by David Brooks. Well, both of these books were late additions to my 2021 reading list. And I, I usually set my list around the beginning of the year, and I just try to go straight through that list. But I've made a number of, of, of changes this year. I've moved things around, and I saw both of these books pop up, and I thought... I think I'd really enjoy these two. So I read them back to back. There was there were a lot of similarities and I thought it'd be fun to cover those in in one episode. Maybe talk about some of the similarities, uh, some of the differences, how, how they go about talking about the intellectual life and the moral life. So in terms of how I came across these authors, for, for Xena Hits, it was it was through Twitter. And I'm becoming more and more interested in this idea of the great books, of, of reading through the great books of, of civilization. And Zena Hitz is at the forefront of that. She's a, a, she's a, a tutor at St. John's College, and St. John's College is known for going through the great books. And, um, and, and so I, I see Zena's name pop up a lot with that, and then I, I saw her book pop up a lot, too, and, and saw different people reading it and, and commenting on it. And I just thought, you know, I, th- I think I would really enjoy that book. So that's how I came across Zena's book, Lost in Thought. As for David Brooks, I have known about David Brooks probably since 1999. I was required to read the New York Times for a course in college, and then we would discuss the articles in class. And David Brooks was an opinion writer for the Times at that, to- at, at that time and would write two different columns a week. So I started reading those and then saw that he was an author and uh, read some of his books at that time as well. Then I went through a period of probably about 10 years where I just did not read a single thing by David Brooks. And then I heard him on a podcast episode recently, uh, the Trinity Forum podcast, and he shared his faith journey. He he became a Christian recently. And in that episode, he, he, did, he gives like a 40 minute talk. And it's just, it was so entertaining. And I didn't know this about his life that that he had been going through this faith journey, and uh, but a lot of what he was talking about was was in this book, the Second Mountain. So I, that made me want to read this book and, and kind of dig in deeper to what he was talking about in that in that podcast. So taking a step back, back both of these books are about the life well lived, uh, the deeper parts of life, and they both present kind of two different paths that you can take. So I just thought I'd go through each book here and and then just close out. So not not my typical episode where I have three different segments and all that. It'll just kind of be one one segment here where where I discuss both of the books and and kind of some of my my key takeaways from from both. So let's start out here with with Lost in Thought by Zena Hitz. She presents two different ways of of living and in one is this the way of seriousness. And then the other way is the way of thrill-seeking or the love of spectacle. And 
that sounds quite boring, right? The, the way of seriousness. But, but, but listen to how she describes it. She talks about the virtue of seriousness and how it's a desire for the weightier and the better things in life. And that's contrasted against the seeking after the next greatest thing, the, the spectacle, uh, the thrill. And so it, it, the, serious, the, the virtuous seriousness of, of digging in deep, uh, 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 an earnest search for truth. So in that sense, it's not, it's not about reading, uh, reaching an objective. It's, it's not about reaching a certain point. It's about starting to move in a certain direction. And, and here's what she said. She said, perhaps we ought to think of intellectual life as having not so much an object as a direction, end quote. Mixed in with that, it's also a, a sort of withdrawal from the world. And, and the way she describes the world is this. She says it's defined as the locus of competition and struggle for wealth, power, prestige, and status. The locus of competition and struggle for wealth, power, prestige, and status. It, I mean, just kind of think of your, your daily life, the, the daily struggle, the, the seeking after these, these things of, of, of going after uh, making a living or, or just the, the struggle to, to get by with work or, or school and, and all that. And the intellectual life is, is the opposite, op- opposite of that in, in many ways. She also talks about uh, leisure and, and defines it as this. Freedom of a leisurely activity is the freedom from results or outcomes beyond it, not the freedom of rest or recreation. End quote. So I, I loved that distinction. Leisure is not just, you know, laying on the beach, not doing anything. For her, leisure is the freedom from this, freedom from the world, really, in the sense of freedom from having to perform for these results or outcomes. It, it's, it's doing something just for the sake of it, for the sake of learning, not to learn so that you can become a politician or learn and be, become paid more or learn and become uh, to get more status. And, and so that, that's, the, that's the dividing line. And, and it sounds lovely, right? Like we just need to kind of find a refuge and get away from the world and then we can pursue this intellectual life and, and everyone will live happily ever after. But as she points out, you can't get away from the world because the world is inside of you. And I, I loved that she made that distinction. It, it made me think of Solzhenitsyn where he, he said in the Gulag Archipelago that the line dividing good and evil is goes through the heart of every person. So you can't just separate the good people and the bad people and just get rid of the bad people. No, that that line dividing good and evil passes through the heart of every person. And so that world even if you're you're you go out in the woods and you're trying to to seek this refuge so you can pursue this intellectual life, you you can't escape yourself yourself. You can't escape the the world that's within you. So that brings us back to this idea of direction. Since you can't escape that, the then then you need to find the leisure within your midst. And that leisure of of not seeking after results or outcomes. So how can you do that where you are right now? How can you do that within the world, within this locus of competition? And that's where you, you can seek after this leisure where, where you are. And, and one way to do that is, with, is seeking after this intellectual life, uh, pursuing this truth-seeking 
where you are, but starting to move in that direction. This book helped put into words the purpose I have for this reading project. Uh, you heard me say at the beginning that I'm seeking truth in the world's best books. This this just kind of expanded that idea out, and and I loved that. I mean, I I, I think a lot about the the reason of why I I read, why I enjoy it, uh, but this. I, I can never just, I, I have a hard time putting it into words, but th- this book, Zena did such an excellent job doing just that, of, of describing that, uh, that life. So now to the second book, uh, The Second Mountain by David Brooks. He also presents a few ways of living. And the first is, and he talks about it in the sense of mountain. So you have a first mountain and a second mountain. And the first mountain is really a focus on the self. It's it's a focus on yourself. It's this striving, this building, and this conquering. And if that sounds familiar, it kind of sounds like what Zena was, was referring to when she talked about the, the world. Now, the second mountain is is it's a focus on others. And, and whereas the first mountain, you, you're, you're seeking after things for yourself. The second mountain, you, you're almost releasing and, and, and being called to something outside of yourself. And so the first mountain is a focus on the self. The second mountain is a focus on others. And I kind of made a list here of, 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 of first mountain attributes and second mountain attributes as, as they came up in the book. And then just other ones that I, that I was thinking of as I was reading it. So in the first mountain, uh, you're seeking after happiness. In the second mountain, you're seeking after joy. And with joy, it, it bubbles up out of, of, a, of things that, that, that you're going after. Uh, um, in, in, in helping others, uh, there's joy in that. In, in committing to others, there's, there's joy in that. Uh, but it's, it, it's different than happiness, and it's longer lasting, and it's better than happiness. In the first mountain, you're, you're seeking contracts. In the second mountain, you're seeking covenants. In the first mountain, you're seeking freedom from. In the second mountain, you're seeking commitments to. In the first mountain, it's about institutions and kind of big big things trying to to affect change in the second mountain it's about relationships and lo- being local and uh, knowing that change actually happens person to person as opposed to institution to person the first mountain is about social approval the second mountain is about seeking truth even if that causes disapproval at a social level the first mountain is about tribalism the second mountain is about community the first is about what you can do. The second is about what you ought to do. The first is building your ego. The second, shedding your ego. The first about career. The second about vocation, something that you're called to. The first is about building yourself. And the second mountain is about your soul. So there's a few, few of the differences there. Uh, I turned 40 last year, so I'm, I'm naturally thinking about hills and being over the hill and, and all that. And so in, in this talk about the, these mountains, I, I was largely viewing it from that vantage point. And I, I also from the vantage point, so at, at 40, I, I kind of view that as a dividing line of life. So if average lifespan is, is 80 years or so, 40, you're, you're, you're about, in, and that's you know where you get the hill idea of, of being over the hill and, and kind of in the second phase of your life. But it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to you're gonna go to this second mountain uh, that Brooks talks about. Um, 
but we all know what it looks like to be 80 years old and to still be seeking after that first mountain concept of of seeking after yourself and so it's a really ugly thing uh i mentioned this in in another podcast episode and it's just something i'm thinking about a lot being at that that 40 year uh mark of of do i what do i want what do i want the next 40 years to be like and it's really easy in our culture to be focused on the individual uh that's what everything tells us that life is about and and to seek after that uh david brooks says that that everything around us is promoting hyper individualism so you actually have to go against the ethos of society to move towards this second mountain uh and and so maybe that's where our our midlife crisis come come in in the sense of we're we're reaching this midway point and everything is telling us to stay on this individualistic path but we perhaps we know deep down that that's not really the direction. And so you've seen the 80-year-old that's still all about himself, and it's an ugly, ugly thing. But I think that decision kind of happens at this, at this midway point. And so that, that's kind of where my thinking was, was going with, with, with a lot of this book in, in this, these discussions of, of the first and second, second mountains. Uh, David Brooks talks about the importance of of local and, and person to person, and that being a part of, of the second mountain. He identifies the problem, that, and that is individualism. We have ri- rising suicide rates. We have loneliness. We just have so many of, of issues that, that lead back to this, this heavy pursuit of hyper-individualism. And so David Brooks presents the antidote to that as being a life of love, care, and commitment. And he defines four different commitments that we have in our lives. One is vocation, the, the call to, to something, and, and that is, again, different than, in, than a career. A career is kind of something we're trying to build. A vocation is something that we're called to, uh, almost as something that we can't escape. Uh, it, we wake up and it's the first thing that we think about. It, it's, it's, we have to do it. It's, it's, we ought to do it. Uh, the second commitment is marriage. The third is to philosophy or and, and or faith, and that's kind of the intellectual commitment. And in this sense, Zena's book would 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 fit within this category of a, of a commitment. And then we have a fourth commitment of community. And so this is a book about the soul, and it's a book about what uh, what what a commitment can do to your soul. And so we often hear about, about the importance of having freedom and, and freedom from restraint. But David Brooks keeps saying in this book, actually, freedom comes through commitment and joy comes through the commitments that we make in our lives. And so it's, it's a neat, neat book in that sense. And it's one that tied a lot of ideas together from, from a lot of the books that I've read for this project. Uh, one, one idea that, that stuck out, it comes up on page four of the book, right at the beginning, is this idea of a moral ecology, that, that the daily decisions you're making are, are impacting those around you, whether you see it or not. Uh, it, so it's impacting those around you, but it's, but it's, it's, it's extending past that as well. And 
you leave that legacy of a moral ecology. And so it, it, it harkens back to this, this idea of daily decisions and and how important those really are. It made me think of uh, Russ Roberts book, um, how Adam Smith can change your life. And remember in that book, uh, I read that earlier this year, Russ talks about, uh, emergent order, um, the, the invisible hand. So we're familiar with that, with Adam Smith in, in, in his book about economics. But the book that Russ Roberts writes is about Adam Smith's other book about the theory, called The Theory of Moral Sentiments. And so it's more about the life well lived and, and the moral ecology, if you will. And this idea that by, by our daily decisions, we can impact those around us, we can impact society, and there's this obligation in that, and there's a commitment in that. So take a step back again. Both of these books uh, present an idea of the good life and, and how to pursue that, how to seek after truth, and how to do that, one, from, from Zena's point of view, of how to do that right where you are. And in, in move, starting to move in that direction, and and from Brooks's point of view, of of seeing it as maybe a second stage of life, a, a second mountain, uh, a a second way of viewing, kind of the overall life, in in perhaps direction, in the sense of is your the direction going to be about you or is it going to be about others? Both books presented. Uh, and, and discussed the great books, and uh, both of these authors are lovers of the great books. I, I, I enjoyed seeing that. Uh, they both tied learning to human happiness and the the intellectual pursuit and seeking after truth as as a way of leading to human happiness. They identified uh, politics as being anti-ethical to the intellectual life in the sense of if we base our identity on where we are in politics, it, 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 it causes us to make commitments to that identity as opposed to going where the truth leads and in, in the intellectual life of, of, of reading and, and seeking after that truth, we can either go after that, but if, if we based our identity on what a political group thinks it's, it's anti-ethical to that to that pursuit. The, both of these books were a reminder of why I love to read, why we love to read, why we love to learn. And it's a reminder of what truly matters and, and maybe how we can change our direction in life to pursue those things, to, to make commitments, to make hard decisions, to make, to make um, the pursuit of others more important than the pursuit of ourselves. And even though it may seem strange to to seek after an intellectual life and how that may seem to be a, a, a individual pursuit and maybe a selfish pursuit, they present it as one that actually that it can have benefits for those around you. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I would love to hear from you if you've read either of these books. You can email me at eric at booksoftitans.com to let me know what you thought of this episode or others. Uh, I also have a way for you to support this podcast if, if you so desire. I've, I've uh, 
released my 2022 reading list. And I have a spot on that page, and it'll be in the show notes, but where you can help me purchase the books for for my list next year. And I'll be covering uh, most of those books on the podcast. You can also follow Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter at Books of Titans. And the website is stock full of resources to help you find the best books and to create your own reading list. I'll be back in a couple of weeks discussing another book from, from, uh, from this year's reading list or from a series from this year's reading list. Until then, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out. Thank you.